0: That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today is Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. On this day in 1957, police officers searched the home of 34-year-old Dalry Mapp against her will and without a warrant. The incident led to the landmark Supreme Court case, Map v. Ohio. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from ParCast. Due to the graphic nature of this case, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today we'll discuss the illegal police search of Dalry Mapp's property and the resulting Supreme Court case. Let's go back to 1.30 p.m. in Cleveland, Ohio, on May 23, 1957. It was a sunny spring afternoon, just after lunchtime, when there was a knock at 14705 Milverton Road. Dalry Mapp sighed and got up to answer the door. Mapp was a 34-year-old black woman who owned the duplex building and stayed on the second floor with her teenage daughter. She'd previously rented the lower floor to a lodger, but he had recently moved out. Mapp had been in Cleveland for a long time. She'd moved to the city from her hometown of Forest, Mississippi, and had soon started rubbing elbows with boxers, gamblers, and racketeers. She was the ex-wife of a heavyweight boxer named Jimmy Bivens. So she was cautious that day when she saw three white officers from the Cleveland Bureau of Special Investigation on her porch. With a little trepidation, Mapp asked what they wanted. They said they wanted to come in and question her, but at first they refused to tell her what the call was about. She didn't open her door. The officers persisted, eventually informing Mapp that they were investigating a recent bombing at the home of Don the Kid King. He was a known racketeer who went on to become a famous boxing promoter. The police believed that the suspect in the bombing, Virgil Ogletree, was in Mapp's house and they wanted to question him. Mapp asked the men if they had a search warrant. When they admitted they did not, she refused to admit them. But Mapp was intimidated by the officers. Unsure of what to do, she phoned her lawyer to ask for advice. He told her not to let any police into the home unless they showed up with a warrant. The men reluctantly left. But just a few hours later, they returned with backup. With the officers numbering about a dozen this time, they surrounded Map's house. Some pounded on the front door, while others tried to get in from the back. Map was overwhelmed by the sound of shouting and knocking. She was afraid the men might hurt her if they managed to get inside the home. When she refused to open the door again, police forced their way inside by smashing a window pane. Once inside, one of the officers brandished a piece of paper, claiming it was a search warrant. She wasn't able to get a good look at it, but Map suspected it was just a blank sheet of paper. She grabbed it from him and stuffed it down her blouse for safekeeping. To her horror, the cop then reached inside her shirt and snatched the paper back. Another officer grabbed Map and violently twisted her hand. She screamed and again demanded to see the warrant. The men called her belligerent and handcuffed Mapp to her bed. Then she sat there restrained while they spent hours searching her entire house. They rifled through her personal belongings and even searched her young daughter's bedroom. Mapp's attorney arrived at the scene sometime after she was handcuffed, but police wouldn't let him inside. Eventually, officers found the bombing suspect, Virgil Ogletree, hiding out in the basement apartment that Mapp rented out. They also uncovered some material described as lewd and lascivious books, pictures, and photographs. Mapp told the officers that the books belonged to her previous tenant, who had since moved on. She was saving those items, as well as some other things the man left behind, for him to come pick up. Unfortunately, law enforcement was in no mood to listen. At the time, it was a felony to own pornography in Ohio, even if it was kept privately and wasn't displayed for anyone else to see. The officers led Map out to a police car, shoved her into the back of the cruiser and locked her up in the police station. The fight for her freedom was just beginning. Coming up, we'll hear how MAP's legal challenge changed American law enforcement forever. Wayne Simmons spent 27 years undercover for the CIA. When he retired from spy work, he got a big break. Terrorism analyst on Fox News. Then he met Kent Clisby. So I'm a real CIA guy. This is total nonsense. I'm Alex French, and I'm here to figure out who's telling the truth. Was Wayne Simmons a spy or was he nothing but a con man? Imposters is a Spotify original from Parcast. Follow and listen exclusively on Spotify. Now back to the story. On May 23rd, 1957, 34-year-old Dalry Mapp was arrested for owning lewd and lascivious books and photographs. The incriminating material was found in her house after a dozen officers forced their way inside and searched it without showing MAP a search warrant. She went to trial on September 4, 1958. The jury only had to deliberate for 45 minutes to find her guilty of possession of obscene literature. Judge Donald F. Leibarger said in court, She has consorted with known criminals in the community, and she has apparently been skating on thin ice for some time. Mapp's conviction came with a sentence of up to seven years behind bars in the Ohio Reformatory for Women. But knowing that her sentence was unfair, she appealed the decision. Her initial attempt was denied, but she refused to give up. Four years later, Mapp v. Ohio made it to the Supreme Court. On June 19, 1961, the justices ruled 6-3 to throw out Mapp's conviction. They based their decision on the Fourth Amendment, which states that a person, their house, or their effects, can't be searched without probable cause or a warrant. Despite the courts demanding one, no officers or prosecutors had ever been able to prove that they had a legal warrant to search Map's home. The ruling meant that state courts from then on were required to throw out evidence if it was determined to have been gathered via police misconduct. There were already federal rules to that effect, but Map v. Ohio determined that state courts were held to the same standard. MAP v. Ohio was an extremely influential ruling that affected cases for years to come. It drew attention to the methods police used to gather evidence and pressured them to conduct searches lawfully and professionally. A June 21, 1961 article in the Cleveland Press marveled at the far-reaching influence the case had. It stated, No one would have dreamed it, but a filthy book and picture case originating in Cleveland in 1957 has just resulted in a decision by the U.S. Supreme Court that will influence law enforcement all over the country. Despite her conviction being overturned, Mapp found herself the focus of another criminal investigation less than a decade later. In 1970, she was arrested in Queens and charged with possession of $150,000 worth of heroin. She and a co-defendant, Alan Lyons, were convicted in 1971. Mapp appealed, arguing once again that there had been an issue with the search warrant. She felt she had been deliberately targeted by police because of her history. The police officer who acted on the search warrant did end up losing his job after it was revealed that he'd accepted $3,500 from a drug dealer. Despite that fact, Mapp's conviction was upheld and she served almost a decade behind bars. On New Year's Eve 1980, The governor of New York commuted her sentence. She spent the rest of her life working with a nonprofit to provide legal representation for incarcerated people. She lived a long and meaningful life. In 2014, Dalry Mapp passed away in Georgia at the age of 91. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from ParCast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson.